This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Ready to talk to you. We're going to talk a little hockey, and Gordon's going to help me out with a couple of problems I've got. We'll discuss it next on ESPN New York Tonight. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian and Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Dennis Franny and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling? We're doing pretty good, Gordon. Doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, I think we're feeling better than the Ranger fans tonight. Yeah, I was just talking to um, the... Ranger Network MSG producer, Mr. Ray Santiago. And I was just saying to him that you just got, it was weird. Like every time the Rangers scored, the Flyers would score right back. <laughs> you just like, every time they scored, you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. You, how'd you give up the lead so quick? It was, it was really a frustrating game, but kind of a synopsis of the season for the Rangers. It feels like, and again, <laughs> I'm not uh, living and dying with the Rangers, so maybe it's a little different for me, but it feels like every game is the same story, right? Like, mm-hmm. at least tonight they had some offense for a change and uh, some guys broke out. Kreider broke out. Zabanajad uh, yeah. looked good, so, um, but uh, still not uh, able to overcome uh, the one-goal deficit, and it feels like they lose a lot of games by one goal. And it feels like, and maybe it's just because my circle of Ranger fans that I look at and read and, and, and hear from is much smaller than maybe the other teams, but it feels like that uh, crowd is growing louder in, um, in uh, being upset at the head coach. Yeah, it is. And and see, but now without Panarin, does that, you know, I mean, they were struggling with him. You don't have him. It's your leading guy. How do you, how do you expect to win games right now? Yeah, but didn't they, they had a couple of uh, too many men on the ice penalties, yeah. right? And didn't they have a couple yeah. of uh, a couple of other penalties that uh, in that last minute, it seems like a lot of people were not happy with that last minute. I know they were talking on the, the, the broadcast, which took me a little while to find. I was going MSG. I'm going NHL yeah. Network. Oh, there yeah. it is. Okay. Uh, NBCSN. But, uh, yes. Uh, it takes me a little while to find that one. So, <laughs> But I did find it. But after the game, they were talking about that last minute was not exactly something to uh, put on the resume. Yeah, and and I understand that, and that was because I I was sitting there going, "What are you doing?" I mean, you pull the goalie, and you almost give up two goals. <laughs> the fact that they did not give up an empty net goal was actually quite impressive, because the, I mean, the Flyers were like point point blank range. Yes, you know, as uh, as the as the former late analyst Bill Chadwick, the big whistle, used to say on radio with Marv Albert. He used to say they were swarming the net like bees on honey. Yeah, they were. They, they, they were when they pulled the goalie. It was. Uh, I was actually scary. Kind of surprised. There was one shot. I was like, "How the hell did that not go in?" Yeah, I know. It, it, it didn't even hit the post. It went like yeah, almost like right, right across the line. Yeah, it was just crazy. So hopefully the Rangers will. They really need to get a, a couple of games going. They, they they were playing better too, Gordon, and like they they just made these. Uh, unforced errors, right? Mm-hmm. They, they beat themselves game after game after game. They just can't. They just can't seem to find their way out of this hole consistently. Yeah, and obviously they're missing some guys, including Panarin. And uh, I don't know if we're going to play it a little bit later, but David Quinn was on with DCR earlier this morning. He's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't say he was coming back anytime soon, but just kind of reading the the way that he was phrasing it, it seems like things are pointing in a better direction than 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 not, right? So yeah, maybe good. they can get him back sooner rather than later because uh, they, they need something. Oh, they definitely do. They definitely do. Gordon, I got a couple of issues. I need All your right. help. Okay, so the first one is about, uh, and this is j- real quick, is 
tell me I'm not crazy. Uh, Jake DeGrom. Mm-hmm. So, Gordon, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some folks like yourself. Yeah. And I'm looking and <laughs> I'm hoping. Okay, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the radar gun that he was using today is juiced up. I don't want him throwing 99, Gordon. Not now. I don't want first, him throwing 99. First full workout? No, 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 90, no, no, no. Coming right out of the gate. He's no, no, bringing no, 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 it, man. No, no, he no, didn't no, no. win the Cy Young last year. He's got to get back on his game. Uh, and he's ready to roll right from uh, the start of spring training. First day, boom, right out of the gate. Give me a couple 95. of 85s. No, 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 no. <laughs> Give me an 85. Give me some this is 85s. Not, this, did somebody tell him this is not a 60-game season this year? This yeah, one is exactly. going to be a tad longer? I mean, you know, look, I, I – what are you trying to prove here? We already know how good you are. It's okay. Bring it along slowly. Bring it along slowly. You know, inch it up a little bit. Throw some off-speed stuff. How about that? <laughs> well, I would say I would think after the short season last year, especially somebody like him, they probably feel so fresh, so yeah. like they barely did anything, right? Like if you're used to running a marathon and you go out and you only run three miles, that's like nothing. So last year might have been like a three-miler for him or a 5K for him, and he comes in right away and he's ready to roll. And he is a guy that over the last few years has seen his fastball velocity go up each year. So uh, maybe, this is, maybe this is another weapon. It's great. You know, he has had such a fascinating career. Mm-hmm. Think about the amount of pitchers who are in the conversation as greatest pitcher of their time or, or you know, of a two- or three-year window that don't come up to the majors until they're 26 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I would not think, you know, usually when you're talking about the guy, you know, they, you, you see them coming from a mile away, right? Kershaw, yeah. you heard about even before he got to the majors. Usually that's the kind of the case. Here's a guy who's 26 years old, wins rookie of the year, and has gotten, it seems like, better every year. Now, he didn't win the Cy Young last year. I think, what, did he finish third last year? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. finished, he finished high up in the, in the, in the Cy Young voting, so – but, yeah, I mean, I could understand why, if I were a fan of the Mets, seeing that, I know that there will be a section of the fan base is like, yeah, Jake's getting even better. For me, I would be like, dude, slow <laughs> slow it. Slow it down. Let's, let's walk before we can run. You're all great. You're all fantastic. I'll tell you this, though. If it were Syndergaard out there throwing 99, if he were healthy and yeah. was coming in first day of camp, I would be a lot more concerned with Degrom. I think I have a little bit more faith in him that he knows what he's doing. But I can understand True. why you would you would be a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I know he knows what he's doing, and I'm still a little nervous. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I just we don't. all know what we're doing until we get hurt, right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, you mentioned this. Stat- Check out his stats, Gordon. 2014, he's nine and six, ERA two point six nine. He has it goes 140 innings. He strikes out uh, 144 guys. Okay, then he goes up 205. He struck out 205 in 191 innings in 2015, 143 in 148 innings in 2016. Then he just goes wild, right? 239 in, um, in 201 innings in 2017, 269 in 217 innings in 2018, 255 in 204 innings in 2019 and last year, 104 strikeouts in 68 innings. I mean, he's just blowing people away. And the ERA, I mean, I mean, 2018, it was obscene in, in, in 1.70 going with a 10 and 9 record. I mean, he should have been like what, 20 and 2. Well, well, he's the poster <laughs> child for wins and losses, you know, in, in terms of a starting pitcher. 
they just aren't as important. Maybe they were never important, but they're certainly less important now to know who's the great pitchers and who's not than they've ever been before. And, you know, uh, MLB Network, I was watching them today, and they were doing a bunch about uh, DeGrom. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about who's the best pitcher in baseball right now, it certainly seems like DeGrom has overtaken uh, Kershaw, right? Kershaw's kind of taken a step back. He had the title for a while. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years here in New York, it's been, is DeGrom better? Is Cole better? I think, to me, it's clearly DeGrom. And really, when they took a look at all the different numbers, ERA+, plus. DeGrom, in just in terms of his career, like if you take the best three years of his career mm-hmm. and just take the best three years of everybody's career that's pitching right now, yeah. he's a lot closer to Kershaw at his peak than the other guys are closer to DeGrom. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a vital piece for the Mets. If, I mean, they finished in last place with him last year, so if you, yeah. ever, if you ever had to go a stretch without him, God forbid. God. So, yeah, you've got to keep him healthy. I mean, think about that. 1.70 ERA 2018, 2.43 2019, 2.38 last year. And he gets he gets swings and misses in the yes. strike zone. That's he does. The, I mean, he gets right. he I think his swing and miss rate is probably the highest in baseball and swings and misses in the strike zone. So, yeah, I mean, he is an unbelievable pitcher. It seems like each year he gets better and better. And, uh, you know, now thir- he's going to turn 33 this year. Yeah. So who knows? You would think the fact that he didn't come up early on and didn't throw a bunch of innings as a 22, 23, 24-year-old would mean he has a longer shelf life. But it, it, it's hard to believe that he could get better than he is already. And just think about this, Gordon. He he's seventy and fifty-one in his career, and think he would be. He'd had even he'd had he would have even more losses if he hadn't drove in some runs in those games yeah. I mean, <laughs> that he, he had to win. If he wasn't the best pitcher in baseball, imagine right. If he had given a if he had an ERA, I don't know what his ERA over the last three years is. is about uh, probably like two point two. If he had an ERA average, of two point yeah. eight, he'd probably be a losing pitcher. You're right. You're right. He, well, he definitely would have lost to Cy Young year. He was ten right. and nine in 2018. He was eleven and eight in 2019, and he was four and two last year. He is <laughs> only over the last three years as great as he's been. I think he's five games over 500. One, I mean, you, three, two, yeah, five, five incredible. games over 500. You talk about suing for non-support. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hardesty and Damer, so midnight on 98.7 ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Well, Gordon, earlier today, right-hander Domingo Herman issued a public apology for his actions on the evening of September 16, 2019, which precipitated, which precipitated a 81-game suspension for violation of the MLB's policy against domestic violence. Now, you know, summing up some of his quotes, he said he is thankful for an opportunity to resume his major league career. He previously addressed his teammates in two separate sessions this week. He's also spoken privately with GM Brian Cashman, manager Aaron Boone, whom he thanked for their patience, quoting Herman. I want to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to the Steinbrenner family, my teammates, the front office, and those around me who love me. I've made mistakes of which I am not proud, and for that I want to apologize. Um... Gordon, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, and I want the fans to weigh in on this as well, at 1-800-919-3776. How do you determine whether the athlete who is giving an apology for something he's done is sincere? And what is the determining factor for you to root for that player again? Right? I mean, listen to, I mean, and we'll play some of the, we'll hear it from Luke Voigt in a minute. And, and just when you listen to what some of the players have said, it's like, okay, but, you know, it's like, w- 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 he's our teammate, but 
we got we, he's on slippery he's on thin ice or we got to wait and see and you know it it it's a real interesting scenario in that clubhouse right now yeah look i get it he has to talk he has to face these questions he's got to answer these questions so you have to talk but you have to also realize nobody's going to believe you the only thing that is going to prove that you are sorry or you realize that you've made a mistake and that's not just something you're saying to save your career is by the actions that you have from this point forward. So, yeah, I mean, you have to talk. You have to answer the questions. But just realize nobody's going to believe you. And it certainly seems like, at least from the Yankee play, you know, it's tough with Herman not speaking uh, English for me as an only an English speaker to, you know, maybe feel out. He seems very robotic to me. But I don't know if that's just the language barrier or if that's because he was reading off the, off the prepared statement. So I don't, I don't know. I will say this, the Yankees, he has his career riding on this, right? Like if he has any other slip-ups, it's pretty clear he is not going to be here and whether he's ever anywhere else is, is, remains to be seen. But the Yankees are really going out on a limb here, and that's kind of what I'm trusting in more than probably anything else. Hmm. Because if it does happen that Domingo Herman has another slip-up, the Yankees are, and I don't even mean I don't even mean a, a, a replay of what already happened. I mean anything in his life is out of order from this point forward. The Yankees are going to get crucified as a result for giving this guy a second chance. So I'm trusting that Brian Cashman, that the organization has gone through everything with Domingo Herman and and helped him, uh, you know, whatever steps he needs to take to to get his life in order to sort his life out. But they have a lot riding on this. But in terms of your actual question about how do you – I have no idea. I think it, it, can't be, it can't be because of words. Nothing that he was going to say today mm. was going to make an impact. Either way, to me, it's all about what the actions are from this point forward. Interesting. Let's hear what Luke Voigt had to say on Domingo Herman. Yeah, I mean, I think what Domingo said has to stay within the team. He messed up in life, and, you know, I don't condone any of the things he did. And, you know, he's getting a second chance at this, and we have his back, but he's skating on thin ice, and he needs to get his life together. And I think he's doing the right steps to do so. But, again, you know, he's got to prove to us that he can do that. And that goes along with what you just said, Gordon. It's about let's see what you're going to do. You can tell us anything. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and I, I look, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually uh, – I like what the Yankee players of the ones that I've heard say and speak on this – Zach Britton, uh, basically a week ago, yeah. and then Luke Voigt saying, yeah, you know, th that uh, it's all well and good to say whatever you want, but you're on thin ice, buddy. And we don't, I mean, as an organization, the Yankees don't, and the, the players themselves, you think they want to be, you think Luke Voigt wants to be answering questions about something that Domingo Herman did? And keep in mind, he did it in front of teammates, right? Yeah. So it wasn't just that yeah. they were witnesses to this. At least according to the story in The Athletic, it seems like the Yankees organization were kind of whistleblowers on this as well. So um, I, I don't know if they're making the right call here or not. I'm kind of surprised that he is still uh, a member of the organization. I'm hoping that that's because the Yankees have gone through everything that took place and feel comfortable that that was just a momentary and horrific, but a momentary lapse in judgment. But the only way we're going to know that is through time. Well, you're like Don LaGreca. Both of you are surprised Herman is still with the Yankees. I'm really surprised the Yankees didn't let him go. That's a heinous act that he did. In front of people, putting his teammates in that difficult position yeah. to have to defend him because that's what good teammates are supposed to do, they're probably sickened by this. And that's what ends up happening. What happened to Jose Reyes in Colorado, released by the Rockies? Now, he'll get the second chance someplace else, but why does the second chance come with the Yankees? Because then if he slips up again, now that's two times it's happened as a Yankee. So why do I have to deal with this? Yeah. 
And it's and then of course you know the Yankees have the Aroldis Chapman situation, which yeah. is something that previously happened on this team. So you know it it is an interesting situation here with the Yankees. And you know what, Gordon, Yankee fans, and you know this, they always say, "Boy, if George were here, I know if George was here, it would be different. If George were here, we'd be spending money." Gordon, I think if George were here, I don't know that Herman would be on this team. I don't know though. He was he was big for for giving guys second chances. I, I will say it was generally people that got second chances were, that were elsewhere, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't so much giving second chances. I don't think to Yankee players, mm-hmm. but he he was big on giving. I mean, Doc and Daryl are a perfect example, right? I mean, yep. he gave those guys. I mean, maybe more than second chances. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he would have handled it. Yeah. Well, you know, but at least they had rings. So yeah. I don't know if that made a difference for him, whether they had rings and, oh, by the way, he felt they could fill a role as, as far as being he was, uh, he was on weird, their benches. He, I know I mean, he was. It seemed like he was really strange about he would come down hard on somebody for, like, the littlest thing, and then he would yeah. have the biggest heart for somebody who had done something far, far worse. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I could speak to how he would have handled this. I mean, he was big for giving second chances. I just have to hope that uh, with Herman that the Yankees have uh, kind of gone through everything and it's and and the um you know the the lines of operation are clear at this point right like if there's any mm-hmm. more slip ups in Domingo Herman's life uh, off the field he will not be a Yankee was it Gordon do you think does the fact that he was i mean he was for that season he was like an ace <laughs> for the Yankees well, you know, he because had the of great, injury. He had the great wins and losses, but I mean, he was kind. Of, it was, I think he was really kind of a product of the Yankee offense. I mean, he mm-hmm. had an ERA of about four. He wasn't, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of that season. I think that they had some injury issues in the rotation as well. Yeah, I kind of have to go back and look. So, um, but he took it. He, he got a chance, and uh, I think that he'll get a chance this year as well because of all the uncertainty. And look, maybe. Maybe that's part of the reason why he's still here, right? Because the Yankees have so many questions in the starting rotation, and and he might be one of those answers. But uh, I will say this: if the if, if it does turn out that he screws up again here, mm-hmm. that that's the difference, right? Like, yes. if if you take a chance on some, like Chapman, if Chapman came here after doing what he did and screwed up here, well, the Yankees could say, you know, we believe in second chances, and it was somebody from another. He didn't do it while he was here. This guy, this happened on your watch in front of you. Yeah. So if you screw up again, the the reign of fire will be long and deserved. Absolutely. 18 and 4 with uh 403 ERA. He had 153 strikeouts in 143 innings. Gave up yeah. 125 hits, 64 earned runs, gave up 30 home runs. He gave up a lot of home runs. But uh you know, once again, you're right. The Yankees scored a ton of runs for him. Mhm. Yeah. And that's what I mean, helped him out. He, I mean, he. Look, I'll be honest with you. Maybe this is part of my <laughs> the way I look at things. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how many more days we're going to have to hear about Domingo Herman, right? Like, I mean, this is now six days. Six days ago, Zach Britton had the comments, and look, people asked him. He answered. He gave a strong answer. I liked his answer. But it feels like every single day we're talking about Domingo Herman, Domingo Herman, Domingo Herman. At some point, you know, now that he's answered the questions. Either and I don't care if they cut him tomorrow. I'm fine with that too. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was a heinous crime. So uh, the fact that they decide whatever they decide to do, I think I'm okay with that. And if it's deciding to cut him later on, I would just like to you know at some point we got to start focusing on something else. Other, you know to to pick up the back page of the paper every single day and see Domingo Herman. I, I you know um, I better not go down that road. But I'm just a little tired of hearing about Domingo Herman every single day. Let me put it that way. 
Now that he's spoken, I don't think you'll hear about it. I think I it was not. all the speculation about what's he going to say, when's he going to talk. And and really, Gordon, had he – remember the whole – the main thing that nobody was talking about this after Britain until it was, well, he was supposed to talk, but he moved right. the days back yeah. because he wanted to speak to his, his teammates first. So that's what really brought this up. I don't think you're going to hear any more about this now until maybe maybe until he takes the mound. Okay, then yeah, it'll probably. be all right. Well, let's see how he performs. He, mm-hmm. he put this behind him. You know the usual usual lines that you get in in in, in that situation. Yeah, uh, let's hope so, and and let's hope that he has had his uh, hope he's had his moment of clarity, and that this is not indicative of who he is as a person. Even though this this is something that he did, and you know, plenty of people witnessed it. He's paid his he's paid his uh, his penance, right? Eighty one games is, yeah. is a significant penalty. So. Yep. Um, Let's uh, let's see how it goes from here. Let's hope. Uh, I'm hoping for the best because yeah. the worst is going to be really, really bad. It is going to be really, really bad. What, but it's going to be it's going to be really, really bad. But it's going to be really, really quick because he'll be gone. Yeah, he'll but, be no, gone but, real but quick. For the, but you know, for the organization, if that does happen, uh, they will have. I mean, they'll yeah, have they questions will. to answer. I mean, they they it's are true. they are risking their reputation. I don't know how much of a reputation Domingo Herman has left the Yankee organization by by keeping him here. They are taking a risk, and they are basically pl- placing a bet that this was a one-time thing that will never happen again. And mm-hmm. it, it's surprising for a guy who, you know, don't get me wrong, has some talent, but he's not a star player, that right. they're willing to make that risk on him. I, I'm hoping that that's a sign that they have done the, the legwork behind the scenes to realize that this is not indicative of who he is, and, and he would never do something like this again, but... I don't know that <laughs> I'm, I'm not going promo code Gordon on that one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not exactly a three-time Cy Young Award winner you, you're bringing back here because yeah. he had one mistake. It's not what this is. Hardestine Damer, let's go to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Stu is in Fun City, Brooklyn. Stu, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, Larry and Gordon? Hey, Stu. Hey. Yeah, I just wanted to, to, to weigh in on, on the uh, Rangers. You know, it, it was it was frustrating. It was, it was a hard fought game. You know, the, the positives were was the uh, was the was the Kreider uh, hat trick, the two breakaways for Zabanajad, and and Zibanejad used to roof those backhands, and he and he doesn't seem to to have that power anymore. And, and Quinn uh, said uh, on his morning show that the uh, that he dominated in practice the last two days, so maybe he gets going. Um, you know, but down a goal with a minute to go with the net empty, there is there's no reason for Brandon Lemieux to be on the ice. I mean, the Rangers couldn't get the puck in deep and couldn't get a face off to call a timeout. And and you would, and you guys were just mentioning we sure do uh, miss Miller and Panarin because we have zero chance without those two guys. But you know what? I, I would like to see something from Lafreniere that made him look like an NHL forward. And I think the issue with him is he doesn't have the speed. So he's going to have to adjust to that level. And I think, you know, the decisions need to be made faster. You know, some guys are born with speed and, and adjust sooner. I hear what you're saying, Stu. Thanks for the phone call. Listen, it, it was a tough it was a tough loss for them in the sense of they had opportunities. Yeah, they made some mistakes. As Gordon and I mentioned, they beat themselves on a couple of plays. The fact that they got caught with the wrong people on the ice when they pulled the goalie and couldn't find a way to get to switch to get the right players on the ice was a frustrating thing. And then to almost give up goals with under that scenario, Gordon, that that, that really sums what the Rangers have been through this first part of the season. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like it feels like Groundhog Day. I mean, it feels like we've t- we've come on 
talking about the Rangers a lot, and it's always about one goal, one shift here, one play there, and uh, the losses are starting to mount. They are, and it's a short season, so you need to get going. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Well, a tough loss for the Rangers. Look, you cannot take seven penalties, okay, against any team and expect to win to put yourself 14 minutes shorthanded in a hockey game at 60 minutes. That's all there is to it. It was sloppy tonight. There were some positives. Obviously, Mika, you can't buy a goal, but he played well. He had two assists, and, and Chris played well. But it's like it's like you said, it's a work in progress. I agree with your last call. Lafreniere looks lost on the ice. He's not killing penalties. So when you're not killing penalties, you're not on the ice very often. But, you know, he's just finding his way out there. Like I said the, the other night, Larry, I think he, you know, he could have been a guy that would have been in the minor leagues now. But let's see how he develops and so forth. As far as the Yankees go, I don't think there's any way that Harmon should have come back. I think there should be zero tolerance for any kind of domestic violence. And when you're in the New York Yankees, you know, you're in the spotlight all the time, Larry. And I wanted to mention this. I mean, I want to get both of your opinion, both of you, about the way the, the Yankees are built. I am not a huge fan of Brian Cashman. Um, you can't tell me from LeMay or Orshella, anybody else that can get a clutch hit on this team when the game's on the line. Oh, they'll beat you during the regular season 12-5, to 5, and they'll they'll win their games. But when it comes to 4-3 and 3-2 and, and one, one, you know, uh, you know, a two-to-one game, this team has trouble finding clutch hits, and they've had a problem staying healthy. And like I said, they're also too right-handed. I don't know how you can put a team together at Yankee Stadium when you have eight out of your nine guys batting from the right side. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I'll just get your comments. Thanks, guys, for the time. So, as always. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of locked into a lot of guys in the lineup, right? I mean, there's not uh, – the the uh, LeMahieu was the one area where they could have done something different, right? Allowed him to leave, moved Glaber to, to second base, and then found a shortstop. But in terms of, you know, uh, making any major changes to the lineup, the lineup is kind of the lineup, right? They're, you know, they're, you're not going to move Judge. You're not going to move – you can't move Stanton. Uh, Sanchez is back, so that's not – you don't want to move off Voight. I think everybody likes Urshela. Glaber's issues at shortstop notwithstanding he's a good offensive player despite the 2020 so they weren't going to really move around a lot of pieces on the offense so I think the offense is just kind of the offense I agree with you I'd like to be a little bit more left-handed I'd like to have a couple maybe a couple more switch hitters in the lineup but I think the uh, the lineup is kind of what it is Guardy's back Gordon well, look, I mean, you know, I hate to be the guardy <laughs> hater of the group, but it's like... If, if, You're not if alone. They, Come on. People they, kill if, him if all they, the time. If they play him the proper... You know, if he's the fourth outfielder not sucking at bats away from Clint Frazier, then that's fine. I mean, who doesn't like uh, Brett Gardner? He's a, you know, he's had a good Yankee career, but it's like anytime he has any success... You know, there's been plenty of years where he's had below offensive years and people mm-hmm. still make it out like he's some... Some great offensive players, and and again, we all talk about you know longtime Yankee. He's had some horrendous postseasons where yeah, he yes. just contributes nothing offensively, and they keep trotting him out there. I think last year they had him batting third in one of the games. It's like, what are we doing here? You know. <laughs> but it, you know, it is it's got to be frustrating because guys who you expect to be contact hitters, right? Torres is a contact hitter. Sanchez is a contact hitter sometimes. Uh, obviously, DJ, we know. There's guys, Aaron Hicks, contact hitter. There's guys in the lineup who are contact hitters who last year, other than DJ, didn't make contact. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, you know, so that's, that's the a, frustrating thing. And then you got Aaron Judge, who I know he strikes out some, but he's also a pretty good contact hitter, and he didn't make contact. 
Yeah, I mean that's just a baseball problem. I feel like everybody swings for the fences now because of the the you know everybody wants to hit the home run and strikeouts don't matter anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean they, they they've had some issues with that. So uh, look, if if the Yankee offense is the problem in the regular season, well then we really got problems because that's unfixable, right? Like yeah. the the offense, you know, when the when they have problems in the postseason. It's almost like an unfixable problem because the guys that you have in that lineup are just kind of lo- – you're not going to – you know, if one guy's slumping, okay, fine. But when they go into slumps in the postseason like they have, you can't remove all the guys. Mm-hmm. And you can't – with, with the, the, just the personnel that they have, you can't break up the entire team. I don't think they want to do that anyway. So this is a big year for guys like – obviously for Sanchez, this is make or break. Yeah. But for Aaron Judge, you know, all this talk about, oh, is there going to be an extension? If they had any talks about an extension, hey, you know, dude, stay healthy for a year. And then maybe yeah. we can talk. The Yankees are desperately, they desperately love to give Aaron Judge a, oh, an extension and have him be the captain of the team for the next seven to ten years. But he's got to show that he's going to be capable of playing the next seven to ten years. He hasn't done that. And are you among the folks? Well, let me ask you, Gordon, how rate the job Brian Cashman's done? Because there's a lot of Yankee fans who really don't like the job he's done. My criticism of him has been free agent pitching has not been one of his strong suits. But no. otherwise, I think he's done a decent job. And you're competitive. You're you have sustainable success. I understand it, it's champion. It's World Series a bust. But you're in it every year. Even the year where you were struggling, where you sold off pieces. With Sanchez comes up, you make a late run. You were you, you were just outside the wild card, and then you get pieces back, and you're in contention again. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a, a very good job overall. Are there areas where, of course, I mean, the guy's been on the job 20 years. You know what? I don't want to go back to, and unfortunately for a lot of people, they don't remember that when I was growing up. I hate to play this game, but when I was growing <laughs> up. Every August, is the GM going to get fired? Is the manager going to get fired? Mm. Who's going to get fired? Is this guy going to get fired? Is that guy going to get fired? So to have, if you would have told me when I, you know, as a kid, the Yankees would have a GM for 20 20 seasons in a row. Whoa, my God, it's insane. So uh, I think he's done overall a very good job. Are there holes? Yes, obviously. I do think that the move to Aaron Boone even though they've won hundreds, you know, hundred games the, the last couple of years, not last year, obviously, but um, I, I think it was a knee-jerk move. It has not paid dividends so far. Uh, the starting pitching has been brought up time and time again. But Cashman does a lot of good things, small things, finding the Geo or Shellas of the world, mm-hmm. you know, pivoting that year where they got Clint Frazier in the deal and trading away Chapman and getting Glaber tour. You know, a lot of those things, and you can't. I know it's been since two thousand nine. There's plenty of teams that would be killing to have not won since 2009. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> You're right. It's You're not right. that, you know, I mean, it's You're a right. long time for the Yankees, but it's not that long ago. So I think this is a big year, though. I, I don't know the Cashmans are going anywhere, but I think that this is a big year for the Yankees. They got to show that they are uh, at least get to a World Series. I mean, they, I mean it's, it's just this is the window of opportunity. It's not going to stay open forever. It feels like it's been open forever, but it, it's not yeah, going it to stay open forever. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's not. And listen, l- let's be honest. They've had a little bad luck too. Okay, yes. I mean, I mean, you you sign, you know, uh, uh, the center fielder Aaron Hicks. Aaron you Hicks. sign Aaron Hicks to right. a long contract. Right. <laughs> what happened? S- sign Severino to the deal. He yeah. gets hurt. You gets know. hurt. You know, some of these things. You know, some of these things work out. It's bad luck. So that that you got to weigh that in there also. But listen, I understand it's when it's World Series or bust. And you don't get to the World Series, and you have talent. And Gordon, you spent over two hundred million dollars for this talent, and you don't get there. It, I, I get it, but I mean, some of it is the players not executing on the field. 
Yeah, that that is kind of a part of it too. And it's funny because like if you, when when you're a team like the Yankees and you don't win, everything's garbage, right? Like yeah. it, like if you don't win, oh this is a fail. Oh that's a fail. Oh every. They they have lost to you know World Series teams and the Red Sox when they won the World Series the Rays got to the World Series last year so they've been beaten it's not like they're playing scrubs every single year they're playing good teams in the playoffs and they are losing to those teams now at some point you got to break through or changes need to be made so I, I get that but it's not like that they have been I've seen teams and GMs and ownerships do far worse jobs than the Yankees have done here over the mm-hmm. last 20 years. Yeah. And just last year, you know, and, and then again last year with the shortened season, I mean, they went – Gordon, the Yankees went through a stretch where they almost didn't get into the postseason last year. I yeah, mean, last year was a weird year. It was crazy. It was just so I think, you know, a lot of – and then to be beat by Tampa, I mean, I'm just some Yankee fans were just beside themselves. Well, uh, yeah, that was not, not great. And Chapman giving it up again on the mound oh. to, to, to lose it. Uh, yeah, it was rough. It's rough. Look, any year the Yankees – when you get to within a game of the World Series in, uh, was that 2017, right? Mm-hmm. They get yeah. to a game within the World, uh, World Series in 2017, and it comes so much faster than you thought, right? Like you didn't mm-hmm. think, like you, you thought that year, oh, but maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. But Judge comes through, and Sanchez looks like he's a star in the making, and the team rebounds so fast from the year before where they're selling off pieces at the deadline, and then not to get back to the World Series you make a managerial change to kind of unlock the potential of this young team. And while you've had good years, you've not really, you've not gone any further than you did in 2017. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to advance this year. They got to go have to have a deep playoff run and have to, at least, I think they have to at least get to a world series. If you, yeah, if you lose yeah. in the world series, I think that would still be very painful, obviously. And I'm sure there will be parts of everybody who's, Oh, this is garbage. It's all terrible. <laughs> but if you got to a world series, you can at least point to that as opposed to the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and listen, you win over 100 games. You, you're expected to do well in the postseason, and unfortunately for the Yankees, it's been the same reason why they've lost in the postseason. They just haven't hit. They haven't come through in the clutch. That's it. That's the frustrating thing. Booters in the Bronx. Hey, Booty, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How you doing tonight? Buddha, what's up? Hey. Yeah, I'm just sitting back, you know, having a little sip. You know, just waiting for Sam Dahl and R.J. Barrett to turn into big-time players. It seems like it's taking a little bit longer than I thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it is the off season, so he's not going to be doing it anytime soon. So you're going to be waiting a while. That's for sure. I don't know that the, by the time he he gets a chance again, that it's going to be on the Jets. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't nice. Um, listen, you know, first of all, I was going to call you guys about the baseball, but I got to get into uh, what Richard was talking about. You talking about Paul Winfield and in, 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 um, the movie playing Roy Campanella. You know, my, my vivid, most vivid memory of Paul Winfield, <laughs> I remember I was with my Uncle Al, and we went to go see that Rafa Khan. <laughs> he, he put the bobby here and check off his ear, and then he shot himself with the face, and yeah, my uncle was so pissed, man. <laughs> we went to the circle theater and Paul Chesley. He's like, yeah, they made that brother kill himself. He's like, that role was weak. <laughs> I can see his face right now. God bless his soul, though. <laughs> but listen, man, okay. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, the reason why I'm really caught, though, is um, like I heard you guys talking about it last week. You know, and I heard Canem talking about it a couple of days ago, you know, with the DH and why the National League just needs to go to the DH and stop it. 
you know, as a fan, I mean, that might be good for the for the baseball players who, you know, can't play the field anymore, you know, and um, having more, being able to have more um, people on the team or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But as a fan, I don't know if I love that so much, man. I, you know, part of the appeal of baseball was the different nuances to me, man, between the two leagues, man. I mean, you know, like even in my family, man, like, like used to be war zones, like with discussions, like either used for the National League, you know, and my father was an American League guy, and him and my uncle didn't get along a lot, you know. And, um, you know, just like, you know, the power versus, like, the pitching and the speed, you know. It, I grew up on that, man. I don't know, like, why are we always in a rush to change everything? Well, baseball's not in a rush to change. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the last ones that are in a rush to change anything. I, I just look at it for a sport that is desperate for offense to remove, just for uh, just a basic level, to remove a, a position player who does not cannot hit, almost always cannot hit, uh, for someone who can, I, I just think it's a, it's a value add uh, for the sport. And, and I understand what you're saying, Buddha, because when I was a kid, the All-Star game was like a big deal, right? Like 83 mm-hmm. when Adley Hamaker mm-hmm. and the AL finally beat the NL. Oh, man, we were, I was throwing a party at my house. But it's just not that way anymore. So I think that, that kids respond to offense, right? They love, they love the three-point shot. They love the, the Chiefs scoring touchdowns, big touchdown plays. And, and baseball has kind of tried to follow that in with the you know, juicing of the baseball, basically. Hmm. But I think that they need to, to find ways to, to get more offense into the game, get more contact into the game. And having a pitcher hit just doesn't – I don't think it helps anybody. Yeah. All right, we agree or disagree. You guys have Look, a good Buddha, night. Look, Buddha, I bring people together, Buddha. That's what I'm about. <laughs> That's what I'm about, buddy. Thanks for the phone call, Buddha. And plus, here's the other thing, guys. You know, interleague play has squashed that. Yo, interleague play, you, you see the American yes. League now five, six times a, a week? Every other day. There's somebody <laughs> playing every every day, right? I mean, yeah, every day. Deal. You know, so so that, that AL-NL rivalry is gone, that, that umpire with the balloon – Chest protector outside in the American League back in the day, gone. You know, it, they they tried to unify it, unify it, Gordon, with everything but the DH. Yeah, that it just make and, and and for to keep all the other rule changes, right? To keep mm-hmm. the, the 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 dopey runner on second base so we don't play thirteen innings. To to keep all the other silly rule changes and the one that even if you're a fan of the pitcher hitting, you can understand why both leagues would have the same rules. And for that to rule to be the rule that they don't bring over from last year, I mean that. I mean, I defend baseball. I love baseball, but there's sometimes things they do. It's just like, what? What are we doing? What? What are we doing here? Can I tell you something, Gordon? I have a sneaky suspicion. If this wasn't the last season of the contract with the players and owners, I think you would have universal DH. I think the players are holding on to that for leverage. I think they're holding on to it for leverage to but get something they, else. But aren't they always fighting about everything? I mean, I, yeah, they're they just sure fighting about everything always, and I can't imagine uh, that there's not going to be a significant work stoppage with as, as bad as it seems like the relationship is. This this GM, the former GM out in Seattle, I'm yeah. his name there, saying the things that he said. Kalenic's not happy there, t- basically coming out and saying – they told me if I signed a contract extension, they would have brought me up to the majors, and I'm being punished for not signing that contract. I mean, that's, you know, manipulation right there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it does not seem like the relationship is good. I mean, just listen to what Garrett Cole said yesterday, Gordon, about how yep. sabermetrics is really affecting contracts. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because you know, you're affecting what people are getting paid because they're not doing certain things. So, I mean, all oh, the, the, the chatters, this is, this could be a long stoppage. This could be a long one. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe the financial situation being off as a result of COVID, maybe that forces them back to the tables a little quicker than, you know, if it had been a normal situation like mm-hmm. they've been in the past. I mean, they've had pretty good working out CBAs in the past. So I don't know, maybe there's some hope there, but it seems like this one. Yeah. It, it, it's been long enough that mm-hmm. the last people that remember how bad it was, you know, a lot of the players are, are not there anymore. Right. It's been over 20 years yeah. at least since they've had a work stoppage. So yep. uh, it's probably been what 25 was 94. The last one, I think it was. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about 26 years. So uh, it's been a while. Yeah. They, you've had a nice little run. Yes, <laughs> you're due. That, yeah, the run might be, <laughs> the run might be over. You're due. Steve's in Rockland. Hey, Steve, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Guys, two things. Well, first thing, what you're talking about with the uh, with the contract, I've maintained for many years that the only group of uh, people that are greedier than MLBPA are the owners. The only people who are more greedy than the players are the owners. So they're made for each other. And let them do whatever they're going to do. But I want to get to that guy who was talking about the Yankees. And, yes, it's true that what he said, that the Yankees have only been in one World Series since 2004. However, I will say this. I'm pretty sure that the only team in the major leagues to make the playoffs every single year except one year since 2004 is the Yankees. And I have no doubt that if you look at the total number of wins and losses, the Yankees have to have the best winning percentage of any team in Major League Baseball in that time. Only one team can win the World Series, okay? I am a Yankee fan, all right? I am not happy that they have not won the World Series. However, they are competitive every single year. And there was one year that they were not in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it was 2008. And the next year was the year that they won the World Series. So, you know, this is a, I guess it's a glass half full, glass half empty. That guy seemed very happy. You know, he, he liked the sound of his voice, you know, talking about the Yankees and, and saying that stuff. I mean, what, what, what else could you want every single year? Well, you want a World Series, Steve. Every single year. <laughs> I mean, you want, look, I understand what you're saying about they have the best winning percentage, but that that's not really how we keep track, right? Like, we don't keep track by who. Well, like, remember in the up. 80s? Only remember in the 80s, Steve, when George would, would come out and, and tout, well, you know, the Yankees have won more games in the yeah. 80s than anybody else. But you didn't win a World Series. So that's what that's what people want. Yeah, but yeah, but that, 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 those teams did not have the you – knew, you knew that they were not going to win. You know, they were second place. Well, they had wild cards back then. They, they didn't make the I mean, playoffs every True. year. Yeah. I do remember the 80s. Please. That, that's apples and oranges, dude. I know, but, it's but unfortunate. The, I mean, in the 80s, you know, there's this, there's this misconception now that the, the Yankees in the 80s were, were terrible teams every single year. They won 95 games, 90 games in a year in the 80s. They won 89 yeah, they games in a year in the 80s. Right, they didn't, they didn't make, make the, make playoffs, the playoffs, playoffs because you were – right, the, you only had the, the two teams in the American League make the playoffs. You didn't have wild cards. Well, 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 that's why it's comparing apples and oranges. This, the Yankees since 2000, I wish, they have, I wish that they would win more, more World Series, unquestionably, all right? I mean, it's not that I'm not disappointed with that. But, but each year, they are competitive. 
They retooled on the flight. Look. Steve, you won't you know, get any argument from us on that. Thanks for the that. phone call. Here's the, here's the deal. The organization has set this up this way. For the organization, it's World Series of bust. Nobody's not denying that the team has had, you know, sustainable success. You're right, they have. They're in it every single year. Every single year they've been in it. And that's a great thing. And as a Yankee fan, that's great. Unfortunately, as a Yankee fan, you get tired of being in it every year and not winning. I think that, you know, we used to make fun of the Braves, right, for being in it every single year, having this amazing pitching staff but only winning one World Series. I think, and look, living through it would be difficult, but I think Yankee fans on the whole would much prefer to be almost like the Red Sox where, yeah, you might have two or three years where you're not going to be any good, you're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs, Mm. but when you get in – you win World Series. That's what it's about. It's not about winning the most games in a year or how many years it's been since they've been under 500 or any of this type of stuff. It's about winning World Series. Now, if they had gone to one, right, after 2017, if they had gone to one here the last couple of years, maybe it would be different. Or maybe if they went in 2017, maybe it would be different. But they haven't even been there since 2009, so I think the criticism is fair. Now, I would agree with them. Uh, was it Richard in Manhattan that was bringing yeah. it up? You know, mm-hmm. Met fans love to point out that the Yankees haven't won anything since 2009. Guys, you haven't won anything since 86. I mean, that, that's 33, 34 years ago. So, uh, you know, don't be uh, touting things all too much. It's not about really going as much as it is about winning it when you're there. No, you're absolutely right. And for Met fans, we're just happy that we got somebody now that could spend some money. Yes. That maybe we'll have a chance to get there because we've been trying to get there with, you know, like we're Kansas City. <laughs> yes. yep. We, yep. Oh, look at this. We found a couple of dollars under the mattress. We can go get a reliever now. Exactly. You know, like we've been a mid-level team for like for 20 years. <laughs> so we're just happy right now to have a chance to, you know, have a chance to be good. And listen, you know, 2015, 20, we were okay. We were there. You know, we just we just didn't get it done against Kansas City of all teams. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.